0: In our last session, we were looking at Paul's message to the Ephesian elders from the city of Miletus in Acts chapter 20. And we made our way down through about verses 25 to 27. We want to pick it up there and continue to see uh, Paul's heart for the church at Ephesus and his message to the leadership of that church. Let's read from verse 27 through the end of the chapter as we begin uh, today. Paul says, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood, and to forgive you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Well, in verses 25 through 27, again, we have seen Paul uh, talking with them, preparing them, and speaking to them. He says, the whole counsel of God. Now, going back a little bit, Paul testifies that he is innocent of the blood of all men. Uh, I take this to mean all in the sense of all kinds of men, not every particular or specific person. The reason for this comes in, in the next phrase, I did not shrink from declaring the whole purpose of God. The term here, council or boule, is a term that denotes multiplicity, decisions that are arrived at by multiple persons. A boule in the Greek world was a building where the city council met to make decisions for the people. Later on, Paul would write in Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 about the council of, of God's will, the purpose of God, and the mystery of God, which all in in those chapters point to the inclusion of both Jews and Gentiles in the church. The whole purpose of God, if we read it in context with what Paul later says in Ephesians 1 through 3, does not mean Paul expounded all the scriptures fully to the Ephesians, or even that he gave them a walkthrough of the entire Old Testament. It means he explained to them the purpose of God in Christ to take a humanity shattered by sin and create a new humanity redeemed and restored by the blood of his Son. This was God's overarching plan from eternity past. And now it had been realized through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verses 28 through 35, Paul exhorts the Ephesian elders particularly, uh, turning to tell them to be on guard, keep alert, pay attention. The Ephesian elders were to be diligent in regard to two things in these verses. First of all, themselves. The elders must be concerned about their own lives, their own character. Paul writes, it happens perhaps all too often that while caught up doing the work of overseeing the church, elders neglect their own personal relationship with the Lord, or time in his word, or time spent in prayer, in their own Christian growth. Elders must make sure they do not neglect these things, And the congregation that they serve should recognize that this is vital for the shepherds of God's people. So the elders should care for the flock, but the flock also has a responsibility, the congregation also has a responsibility to uh, support the leadership and help the leadership, especially in terms of their own spiritual uh, condition and spiritual growth. Uh, The Ephesian elders were also to be diligent in regard to the congregation. So they were not just to be concerned about their own uh, spiritual needs, but they should be concerned about the needs of their people. The people of God in that location are likened to sheep, and the elders are shepherds. Several terms for the leadership of the Ephesian church are used here. Uh, The term elder comes from the Old Testament or Jewish usage of this term, referring to wiser, older men with experience at making correct judgments. There's also another term, the term overseer, which is literally superintendent. This is a term that generally denotes one who has the responsibility of safeguarding or seeing to it that something is done in the correct way, as a guardian, according to commentator uh, Eckhard Schnabel. The church uh, should be viewed as a construction project, and the elders are superintendents, overseeing the construction work. The third term that's used in these verses is shepherd. Uh, Shepherds' main relationship to their flock was to feed or to nourish them and to protect them. The two of these things are linked together. Failing to nourish the flock ultimately fails to protect them. Uh, Notice that the flock does not belong here to the shepherd, but to God. God is the one uh, who is ultimately in control and in charge of uh, the congregation, the church. The Holy Spirit is the one who appoints elders to their office. Uh, So the question might arise, what does this look like today? Well, I think it has to do with a conviction in the heart of an individual to serve, as well as recognition by others that this particular individual is gifted to lead and to teach. The church of God, we see here, is purchased with the blood of Jesus. Now, most translations will render this as purchased with his own blood— However, it is probably best to read this as God purchasing the church the church with the blood of his own son or his only one, his own, own child. God the Father purchased uh, the church, he's the owner of the church, and purchased the church with the blood of his son, Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus is of infinite value, The church of God is of infinite value also. Now we've come down to verses 29 and 30. I want to read those again quickly. Paul says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. He says, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. This threat is external, people from the outside who would bring ruin to the flock from uh, their desire for selfish gain and ambition. But he also talks about how from among their own selves men would arise, speaking, he says, perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So elders must protect the flock from enemies of the cross who are both internal and external, uh, foreign and domestic, if you want to think of it in those terms as well. Uh, Elders need to be on the lookout not only from external threats to the church, but from threats within the church, individuals who may uh, become corrupted in their thinking. The second command for elders is to be on the alert. False teaching is what the elders were to be on the alert concerning. Today, false teaching takes so many different forms, we may wonder how elders can possibly keep their guard up against all attacks. Well, some thoughts regarding this. First, uh, they should be intimately involved with their congregation. Paul asks them to remember his admonishing them with tears night and day for three years. In other words, he was intimately involved in the lives of the people he ministered to. Paul was not a Sunday pastor who preaches to you once a week for 40 minutes. He was more like a, a relative that comes to stay indefinitely. The elders are called to be. E- intimately involved in the lives of their flock. Uh, This can be uncomfortable for us in our modern, individualized, independent, and very private society. We like our fences, closed doors, and blinds. We're happy to open up our lives for, uh, you know, one hour a week or so, but beyond that, uh, it becomes difficult for us. But the picture, the pattern that Paul displays is that of a servant of the Lord who loves the people of God and is involved in their lives. Intimate involvement in the lives of the people is how elders guard against attacks. The second thing I would say here is the word of God's grace is able to build up and give the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Commitment to God's Word builds up and protects against both external and internal deviations. As superintendents in God's grand construction project, elders should recognize that the best way to grow the church is to focus on faithful, Spirit-filled teaching of God's Word. Paul then goes back to his example again, highlighting his willingness to work. He has not coveted gold or silver or clothes, he says, but instead provided not only for his own needs, but for the needs of the men who ministered with him. The way that verse 34 here in verse 34 says, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. The way it reads implies that Paul showed his hands to the Ephesian elders while he spoke these words. One issue that impacts many Christians today is laziness. Often it stems from an attitude of entitlement. We can fall into the trap of thinking we are owed prosperity. It is our right as Christians or Christians living in America or both. Uh, Paul speaks this word specifically to the elders. Elders must be willing to work incredibly hard. Perhaps Paul would say being an elder is and should be the hardest human responsibility Uh, that there is. He admonishes the elders to help the weak by working hard. Now, this passage doesn't demand that elders cannot be uh, supported by the church financially. Paul would later say in 1 Timothy 5.17 that elders who rule well should be worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. However, it does demand that elders be hardworking and willing to provide for the spiritual and material needs of the flock. Paul concludes with the words of Jesus, it is more blessed to give uh, than to receive here. This is not a direct quote of any gospel passage, but really expresses the heart of Jesus' message. And after this, they gather together, he prays with them, there's weeping, there's tears as they realize that they may never see the Apostle Paul again. And after this, Paul turns his attention to, to uh, visiting the city of Jerusalem, where he knows hardships await. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partners.